Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Well, what is up, all of our liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston. I'm not by myself today, but I'm by myself right now. Charlie, say something. He's not here, okay? He's going to be here sometime, probably. We'll see how long the episode goes. I've been hanging out with a live group, telling them about my experiences going to a show last night in Tennessee, and apparently I can't go to shows in Tennessee anymore because I just get to hear a bunch of political BS every time I go see some artists that I like, and then it ruins the experience of listening to that artist uh, for all time afterwards. That is what I found out so far, so I don't recommend going to shows in Nashville unless you buy into every bit of leftist trash garbage news headlines that you ever see come across your Twitter feed. In which case, you'd be totally fine going to a show in Nashville. Well, this is Good Morning Liberty, where we, that's myself and Charles Chuck Lawrence Thompson, who's not here right now. He's going to be, though, I promise you. Uh, we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. So make sure you go to the Fed Haters Club. You want to join the Fed Haters Club. It's only six bucks a month, or you can pay more if you really hate feds. It's honestly a measurement of how much you hate feds and how much you decide to pay per month to join the Fed Haters Club. I don't make the rules. That's capitalism for you. So you know the thing. You can go to joingmail.com to join up on that. Now, the topic of today's massive show that was supposed to start almost an hour ago uh, was basically, well, it has a lot to do with lying. And when we talk about lying, well, of course, that means we're going to bring in the government because that's what the government does. And I've been asking myself this question all day as I prepared, painstakingly prepared this episode for Charles and I to talk back and forth on these topics. I've been asking myself, who's at fault? Is it the liars? Well, of course they have responsibility, for sure. My question is, uh, who, is it the, who is the blame? Is it the liars or is it the people who allow them to just go on lying about everything all the time? Why, why wouldn't you? Okay, so I got this quote here from Thomas Sowell, which we just talked about like two weeks ago, but I wanted to make sure I brought it up again. This ain't just some throwaway Thomas Sowell quote. This is actually really important about uh, pertaining to what's going on constantly. This house of cards is unraveling. The, the people in the government and in the bureaucracy have got this giant game of whack-a-mole going and all this duct tape that they're using to keep this, this sinking ship together at the moment with lie after lie. And it's getting pretty gross to see on a daily basis. But why do they keep doing it? They keep doing it because we allow them to do that. Not we, you know, your guys' friends that you're too scared to get into a political argument with. Unlike me, who never gets fearful in that, on that occasion, right? Live group, for sure. That's what we know. So the quote, anyway, 
from Dr. Thomas Sowell is the fact that so many successful politicians are such shameless liars is not only a reflection on them, it is also a reflection on us. When the people want the impossible, only liars can satisfy. The last line is very important. When the people want the impossible, only liars can satisfy. It's not just us, but what I what I've what I've seen and what I've noticed. You guys see like the videos of the protests going on in France right now because they want to raise their retirement age by a couple of years. I mean, the country's getting torn apart right now because they're having to do some a slight amount of fiscal responsibility and raise their retirement age by a couple of years. You can't do it. What I see there is a large, a massive group of people who uh, want something that likely they didn't earn because the people who actually uh, earned it, who have that retire, they're probably going to be okay. I'm sorry. I know that doesn't apply to everyone, but a lot of people, we'll move away from France now and talk about here. We want stuff that we didn't earn that isn't possible. We want to break the laws of economics. You see, uh, you watch any of Jerome Powell's testimony in front of Congress uh, today, you see that politicians are totally fine ignoring the laws of economics uh, to further whatever their own political goals are. Number one goal that they have is getting elected. And the way that they get elected is by telling people that they're just going to give them whatever they want. I try to put myself in the mindset of people who actually think that's possible. Because I haven't always just sat here reading Thomas Sowell books and Milton Friedman and Ayn Rand and Mises and all these people. I, you know, imagine someone who never put any thought into any of this ever at all. And you just have these people telling you that, well, we can just kind of give you whatever we want. It's uh, just about getting the right people in office and we can give you anything. And imagine you're someone who never looks into anything. And you're like, okay, well. I guess all you got to do is vote for it, and then you can do that, and that's fine. Now, it's their fault for not looking any further into it. I get it. But it's the people that are demanding impossible things that leads to us requiring, like if we're going to demand impossible things, the only people who can tell us that that's possible are people who are going to lie to you. That's the point of the conversation right now. Until we, and by... I, we as a country, I don't mean you listening or the people hanging out in the Fed Haters Club. I don't mean that, but uh, until the people realize uh, that you can't get something out of nothing and that if you continue to get more than what you've earned or a higher value than what you've put in, that eventually that's going to have to stop. Eventually your Ponzi schemes are going to have to stop. Eventually, something's going to break and we're going to get into a real war sometime. Uh, eventually, a pandemic is going to happen and millions of people are going to die. And eventually, people are going to find out about all those things. And what gets really annoying is when you see the media and the government. Well, first, they try to stop all of the information from coming out that shows the people that they were lying to you. And, of course, they censor people and the the media, like the New York Times, all those people, they play along because they're all part of the, they're They're in on it. They're totally fine with it. And then luckily in 2023, we were able to spread information fast enough and we have enough information outlets that you can't really hold down the information like you used to be able to. Maybe that's good news. Maybe that's a white pill. 
all the terrible things we talk about throughout history. Uh, they didn't quite have the means of spreading the truth or just say information uh, that we have right now. It's much harder for a government to actually stop that. Now, you can point to countries that continuously stop it. They've always stopped it. They never let, say, the Internet be widely available to, uh, to everyone. Uh, so you could point that and say, well, they're still good at stopping the information. But can you do it after it's already been spread to everyone? I don't know. Then you see them start to turn around. Now, since Charlie is running uh, disgustingly late uh, right now, I'm going to skip to the what would have been the third story that we're going to talk about. I've got some articles in here about this Nord Stream pipeline. Now, listen, we're not in Germany. We're not in Europe. Maybe some of you are. So who cares? Someone's pipeline got blown up. I don't care. Well, you know, war is bad. We don't like that. Um, the, the gas prices, natural gas prices, they that can affect our natural gas prices in some ways. Um, and it's also very important whether or not, you know, we destroyed another country's pipeline. And they're also throwing millions of people into more economic harm uh, simply to do whatever it is we're doing over there. Washing money, virtue signaling about democracy. I'm not exactly sure what's going on. Honestly, I say honestly, I'm, I'm like half joking, halfway. Listen, Ukraine does have something on the Bidens and on the establishment elite. With, this has been going on for a long time. Someone over there knows something, okay? Trump tried to figure it out. He got impeached for it, all right? They got something, and apparently it's worth a ton of money. That's all I can say. That's not confirmed, okay? That's just speculation. That's a little bit of deductive reasoning on that, but that's the only thing I can come up with at the moment. Let me go through some of these. Uh, this new article, this isn't it. Uh, Nord Stream pipeline attack shows what Russia can do. Western officials say... Uh, sabotage pipelines, a mystery. Who did it? Was it Russia? The New York Times, that's not it. Why Putin would want to blow up Nord Stream 2 and the advantages it gives him, that's from the UK Telegraph. Fox News has five reasons why Russia is likely behind the Nord Stream industrial sabotage. Uh, Newsweek says Russian ships spotted near Nord Stream pipelines before the explosions. Uh, so that's not the one. Washington Post, uh, Russia is blaming the U.S. for the sabotage and calling for a U.N. probe of Nord Stream. Okay, okay. And then we get to today, and we just made it here. Intelligence suggests that pro-Ukrainian group sabotage the pipelines, U.S. officials say. Now, unfortunately, all we know about the officials is U.S. officials say. And pro-Ukrainian group, all we know is pro-Ukrainian group. That could be the U.S. Probably is the U.S. Or someone, I, you could certainly say it's someone that we funded, since we seem to just be funding people. But that doesn't mean that you can directly tie Biden or Zelensky uh, to this pipeline beam. Now, we're not that far removed from... Uh, Seymour Hirsch getting labeled a conspiracy theorist. Now, he said that the U.S. was behind it. So now he's a conspiracy theorist. Um, it was obvious that it was Russia who did it, right? We all know that, and you can't really question. You definitely can't say that Ukraine had something to do with it. This is just a little bit faster than, say, the whole lab leak thing 
You know, that, that took a couple of years for U.S. officials to come out and say that that was likely the cause. Uh, but we're, this happened in September of last year, and we went from definitely Russia did it, Russia sabotaged this, that's terrible, to uh, kind of looks like it was at least pro-Ukrainian people who did it. We're not saying it was Ukraine, and we're not saying it was U.S., but they at least have allegiance with Ukraine's cause, not Russia's cause. And then, like, a couple months from now, they'll be like, okay, yeah, one guy, he misunderstood something from a Biden press conference or something like that. I don't know. Uh, so I want to go through a little bit of this article from the New York Times, who has, I, th I think a couple weeks ago, I mentioned, uh, maybe they're starting to flip her. Oh, someone just barged into the studio like it was something to do. Hi, friends. Ain't got no friends in here. I do. I have some people on Team Chuck. Oh, what'd you get? About a half a show done without me? <laughs> no, I waited until um, about ten minutes ago. About ten minutes ago, maybe <laughs> something like that. I'm so, sorry. I bet you are, Charlie. How are you doing today? Wonderful. So yeah. good. Yes. Are you feeling okay? So good. All right. That's yeah. that's good. I was. Uh, let me get you real quick up to speed. Okay. Yeah. Today, New York Times reporting that intelligence suggests that a pro-Ukrainian group sabotaged the Nord Stream pipeline, and that's coming from U.S. officials. Yeah. Does that not blow your mind? So the pro... Is the pro-Ukrainian group America? <laughs> <laughs> they say not. The they United say that States... That's not what's going on. The United States military is a pro-Ukrainian group. <laughs> that's... Or it's the coalition of forces. It could be anything. I think this was, what did the report say? Wasn't it the Netherlands, like Denmark? It was Canada, Norway that they were, Norway. That, that one guy said was the one mm -hmm. that, uh, that uh, like officially had something to do. That was uh, Seymour Hirsch. You know, the Vikings, they're crazy. Yeah, the, those people, <laughs> they're nuts, man. I did, however, obtain, and uh, this is just in, and I don't know who these people are, but I did obtain a, a photo of the people who gave the order, though, and uh, so we found we found them. Mm. All right, now these are the this is these are the leaders of the pro-Ukraine group, and uh, it, if you know these individuals, I was going to say men, but it's 2023, and after that show last night, I don't think I can say that anymore because who knows? Mm. Okay, um, th this is definitely who did it. All right, the, they're anonymous though. Anonymous individuals. First name only. That's yeah, no Joe and... Uh, Vol. Yeah. V. We call them <laughs> V. Joe and V. Yes. Joe V, as mm. they go uh, for, for short. And so from this, this article here in the New York Times, new intelligence. Anytime I hear them talk about intelligence, I think about Team America, and it's just this computer, and it's a intelligence. <laughs> All the, I don't remember what it stands for, clearly, but... Yeah. Like this... It's this made-up... Like, oh, intelligence says that there's WMDs in Iraq. You also, know? like, we should trust them. Yeah, As of if course. they haven't you lied have to. to our faces. Now, in this case, this is generally what you get when they're trying to ease you into the idea that this wasn't Russia. In fact, it's probably the U.S. at least paid for this to happen. Because, like, you can't go anywhere without swimming in U.S. dollars over there. Right. We all know that. Also, what group 
as you know, submarines and stuff to get to the bottom of the ocean. Well, they're highly trained <laughs> individuals, completely separate from the United States or Ukrainian governments. New intelligence review by U.S. officials suggested a pro-Ukrainian group carried out the attack on the Nord Stream pipelines last year. U.S. officials, now that's as much detail as you get on those things. U.S. officials said that they had no evidence that President Zelensky or his top lieutenants, what about his captains or his majors or his generals or whatever you call them, uh, were involved in the operation or that the perpetrators were acting at the direction of any Ukrainian government officials. This was just a benevolent <laughs> pro-Ukrainian pro Ukrainian mm -hmm. gas pipeline sabotage. And Zelensky was on TV saying, I'm not saying that you should do this, but mm -mm. if you did, it would kind of somehow help us. Now, this is how much things have changed. I'm not, we don't have to go too far into all of the details, but how about this part? Uh, let me get down to earlier also, last hang year. On. Did they dig for evidence that it was that, that President Zelensky or his lieutenants or that they were acting at the direction of any of the government officials? I don't know. Did they look for that evidence? That way they can say, hey, we, we don't have any evidence that this is the case. They just Because these are oddly specific things to say we don't have evidence no, of. No, like, I don't have evidence of it either. Now, I, I haven't talked to anyone about it at mm -hmm. all, but I can tell you that I have no evidence of this um, whatsoever. That could be the same thing that they're doing. They just didn't ask. Who knows? Um, earlier last year, President Biden said, this is in a New York Times article. This is not on that blog that Seymour Hirsch was posting on. Mm -mm. Okay, that conspiracy theorist guy, you know, that we were reading some of his stuff. I didn't realize he was a conspiracy theorist at the time. Early last year, President Biden said Mr. Putin's decision about whether to attack Ukraine would determine the fate of Nord Stream 2. Quote, if Russia invades, that means tanks and troops cross the border of Ukraine again. There no longer be a Nord Stream 2. We, we will bring it into it. I can promise you that, yeah. basically, is what he said. He said that there won't be one anymore. When asked exactly how that would be accomplished, Mr. Biden cryptically said, I promise you we'll bring it into it. <laughs> Poland and Ukraine immediately accused Russia, 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 of planting the explosives, but they offered no evidence. Mm. Russia, in turn, accused Britain of carrying out the operation, also with no evidence. Uh, Russia and Britain have denied any involvement in the explosions. Last month, the investigative journalist, Seymour Hirsch, mm. pub published an article on the newsletter platform Substack, concluding that the United States carried out the operation at the direction of Mr. Biden. In making this case, Mr. Hirsch cited the president's pre-invasion threat to bring it into Nord Stream 2 and similar statements by other senior U.S. officials. Um, they didn't add in that he also said he had a source that was anonymous. Said they can't do that because this entire article is based on an anonymous source. And they also put it at the very bottom of the article. Oh, yeah. There's, there's about 25 more paragraphs between what we started with and what we just read right then. Mm -hmm. So essentially, this was only written for me and the other three people that make it all the way to that part of the article. I don't even think, like, chat GPT's not even going to scrub that far down into the article. It just says, screw it, I'm <laughs> out of here. Yeah. It was Russia. I also like how 
So Poland and Ukraine immediately accused Russia. So what happens if you do something and get caught? The first thing, you have to deflect. So you have to, mm-hmm. you have to deny, deflect, blame, dip, dive, duck, and dodge. <laughs> and deny. And deny. Mm-hmm. Those are the Ds of being accused of Of something. deception. Of deception. The exactly. Ds of deception. <laughs> so Okay, we're going to have to actually lay that out. We will. Yeah, the four, the five Ds of deception. Five Ds of deception. Someone in the live group, I know someone's already going to build that for us right now. It's like AI, only it's a, it's a hive mind of the greatest and best fed haters that there are out there in the world. Which makes me think that Ukraine and Poland actually had something to do with it. Because <laughs> they yeah. immediately blamed them. Mm-hmm. So, But I find it odd that Russia accused Britain right away. That would seems strange that they would come out and blame GB. It's almost, you know... I know that we're just a couple Putin shills, but it's in times like this where I'm more inclined to believe what Russia said. <laughs> I don't know what that makes me, but I, I'm not saying that they're trustworthy. They're just another government that is lying to its people, just like all the other governments are. Okay? Trying to maintain power. Just exactly. Trying to maintain the power. Now, Charlie, I don't know if you noticed earlier, but I was... If you would have looked over your screen, Charlie has this big, huge, high screen so he doesn't have to look at his friend across the room over there. And if you would have peeked over the screen, you would have seen that I was visibly shaking. You were on fire. I was upset earlier today because... By this? By this story. And and so you didn't hear the very beginning of the episode, but I talked about how we're we're in a house of cards right now. Everyone is lying so much about everything all the time. Everyone is lying. It's all deception. I don't know. I don't know what's real and what isn't anymore. I think it's important. One of the reasons that we are libertarians and the people that are listening are of that mindset is that we're skeptical about things. And so we don't just believe whatever someone puts out in front of us. We actually read things and dive into it and ask questions. And um, there's so many. Even. To our idols, uh, yeah, like Doctor Ron Paul. Yeah, we'll we'll question that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. I'm not a fan of Jordan Peterson anymore. I'm gonna say that. About a year ago, I said he's one of the reasons I'm still alive. I'm still and right a now, fan. I say I can't stand to listen to the guy. I'm still a fan. Yeah, I can't. Still like his stuff. I disagree with it. on some of them, and that's the, that. See, that's the biggest difference. You know, like I'm not, I'm not so, you know, ideologically fixated to someone like Doctor Ron Paul that I wouldn't be able to tell that he added pork to his own bills in Texas. Like, well, he played the game. Or he was trying to get his people some of their money back, you know? I, he was playing the game. You know, like Wasn't, Ayn Rand uh, received, used Medicare and received Social Security uh, up until her death. And uh, that makes her a hypocrite? I don't think so. No, you know? but I'm saying that we're able to objectively look at things most of the time. Mm-hmm. Most of the time. So what's bothering me is <coughs> there's so you get the Nord Stream thing. And then Ukraine thing, there's tons of lies going on with that. We know that. We got the lab leak thing, which people were shut down. And you're looking at a couple guys who uh, we lost uh, a, a more than median yearly salary from Facebook 
getting shut down uh, for, for a person. And trust me, that stings, you know? And so when we look at, oh, a couple of years later, you start seeing, okay, they were just lying about everything. Not only were they lying, not only were they dodging, they actively took steps to deceive people, which is what the Fauci story is about. So this one actually came out, I think, uh, Sunday night, but new emails are showing that Dr. Anthony Fauci commissioned a scientific paper in February 2020 to disprove the Wuhan lab leak theory. Now, how that's February 2020. I put a couple things in here. Um, screenshots here from, from the Congressional, what is a select subcommittee on the coronavirus pandemic, whatever is going on. Um, on February 1st, 2020, Fauci, Francis Collins, and at least 11 other scientists convened a conference call to discuss COVID-19. It was on this conference call that doctors Fauci and Collins were first warned that COVID-19 may have leaked from a lab in Wuhan, China, and further, may have been intentionally genetically manipulated. So they've got emails about this uh, now. Only three days later, on February 4th, four of the participants of that conference call authored a paper entitled The Proximal Origin of SARS-CoV-2 and sent a draft to doctors Fauci and Collins. Uh, prior to the final publication in Nature Medicine, the paper was sent to Dr. Fauci for editing and approval. On October six, on April 16th, 2020, two months after the original conference call, Collins emailed Fauci expressing dismay that the proximal origin, uh, which they saw prior to publication and were given the opportunity to edit, did not squash the lab leak hypothesis and asked if NIH can do more to put down the lab leak hypothesis. The next day, Dr. Collins explicitly asked for more public pressure Fauci cited proximal origin from the White House podium when asked if COVID-19 was leaked from a lab. So the two really important things here to keep in mind, they got the word with a bunch of them that it could have leaked from a lab. A few days later, they actually and And have been intentionally genetically manipulated. Yes. Um, and when you go into the article here, what you find is that the House Oversight Subcommittee published emails in which the paper's co-author, Dr. Christian Anderson, admits Fauci prompted him to write the paper with the goal to disprove the lab leak theory. And February 12th, Anderson submitted the paper to Nature Medicine with a cover email. There has been a lot of speculation, fear-mongering, and conspiracies put forward in this space. Uh, the paper was prompted by Jeremy Farrah. I don't know. Uh, Tony Fauci and Francis Collins. Then that gets a little bit deeper. Uh, Farrar, sorry. Uh, wait, Farrar. One of them says like F-A-R-R-A-H. Farrar, R-R-R. And then the other one says F-A-R-R-A-R. So Farrar, I don't know which one. Four R's. Farrar, R-R-R. Then head of British nonprofit and well, <laughs> the Wellcome Trust was rewarded with the plum role of chief scientist at the World Health Organization last December. On the day the Proximal Origin paper was published, emails show Farrar publishing through a crucial, pushing through a crucial change, sending over a, quote, sorry to micromanage or micro-edit, but would you be willing to change one sentence? The change was to replace the word unlikely with improbable in a statement about the lab leak origin. So it would read, it is improbable that SARS-CoV-2 emerged. Now, what's, what's crazy, like the frustrating part here, you know, I got trust the experts written real big right there. But you got to keep in mind that like Fauci 
commissions the paper to be written saying that it is improbable that it came from the lab and here's how it developed naturally. And then later on, Fauci cites this paper as proof that it wasn't a lab leak and said that uh, he doesn't know who the authors are, but you can you can look it up, you know. Of China. No, I'm yeah. not happy with China. Yeah, please. I wanted to ask, uh, Dr. Fauci, can you address these suggestions or concerns uh, that this virus was somehow man-made, possibly came out of a laboratory in China? You studied this virus. What are the prospects of that? There was a study uh, recently that we can make available to you where a, a group of highly qualified evolutionary virologists looked at the sequences there and the sequences in uh, bats as they evolve. <coughs> and the mutations that it took to get to the point where it is now is totally consistent with a jump of a species from an animal to a human. So, I mean, the, the paper will be available. I, I don't have the authors right now, but we can make that available too. I don't have the authors right now. They just emailed me, <laughs> by the way, and I still am finishing my edits on it. I don't have the authors, but I can tell you it's the people that I told to write the paper. <laughs> um, I just can't remember who I told to write this stuff. Why does this get me so worked up? Oh, because it affected you personally. It affected everyone personally. Like, oh man. Fauci, you got to make sure he keeps getting pulled up in front of Congress or a court of some type. And I, he could have even prompted that reporter to ask that question he so could that have. he could say that. Because the way the reporter asked the question, hey, can you studied this virus? Can you, mm. you know, what's the credibility? essentially, that this could have leaked from a lab. And what's most infuriating about this, as you pointed to, is especially since it affected us personally, but it affected America as a whole, what we said this entire time throughout the pandemic was to pay attention. We don't know all the answers. To question everything. Because there is no, we know from history that there is no crisis that's going to go to waste here. And they will use every tool at their disposal to inhibit liberty and freedom that they possibly can. And then to top that off, it was, it was intentional deceit to cover up their own tracks. The fact that Dr. Fauci, the head of the NIH was funneling money through different channels, embezzlement, basically money laundering through different channels that actually directly led to this gain of function research that this virus to a lab that this virus leaked out of that led to the deaths of millions of people. And for even questioning that, a tiny-ass podcast like ours gets demonetized, which completely, I'll just be honest with you, completely stunted our growth. Mm -hmm. we, I, we were on a trajectory like this, for those of you watching, and we literally just went like this. Like, completely. And... That's what pisses me off the most personally. Not only that, I'm mad for everyone else that also had the same thing because not only were we demonetized, we were completely um, shadow banned on every single platform. We've had strikes on every single platform, all for talking about the CDC, hardly giving that many opinions about it, asking questions, saying we don't know what the answer is. 
And because of that, we're silenced. And And now the truth comes out, not in a big sweeping breaking news. No. To anyone else that's on to, except for what on the right. I mean, you see obviously Tucker Carlson and a few folks, um, you know, Joe Rogan was never silenced. Like, thank God he was big enough. Um, but now you start to see all these people bury these stories, being like, oh, I'm going to tell the truth now because it's coming out. We can't hide it. And th- with no no blanket coming out and being like, and I'm so sorry, we got this wrong. We got this wrong. We shouldn't mm-hmm. have done this. But they're, they're just taking a harder stance. And it's infuriating to see the lack of accountability and not only the the stunt of growth, but also like everything that could have been for people in general, not to have their livelihoods taken from them. Um, Cause it wasn't just, it wasn't just us who were affected. I mean, millions of people lost their jobs. Millions of people lost their retirement. Millions of people lost their quality of life. You know, my own son, along with probably other kids are struggling to talk because they had teachers with masks on mm-hmm. and It's just disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. And to think, if any one of you regular Joes did something like this, off with your fucking head. This guy gets to not only keep his job, but... He's probably got a real nice retirement also. Nice pension. He's going to get a lot of money. Nice everything. He's going to just adore it everywhere he goes. He is science. But the So you missed the beginning part of the of the podcast episode, like I do like Fauci lied about this stuff. We know that other people in the government lied about that. Not only that, they intentionally tried to cover stuff up. They very well might know for sure that this leaked from the lab and they might know that they were funding gain of function research that created the whole thing in the first place. And it ended up killing millions of people. That's all fine. What I get even more upset with are all the, are the, are people, not you and me, but other people who continue to allow these people to do this time and time again. And because they want something that is impossible, they want to think that these people have everything under control or that they're going to be able to protect them, that they're going to be able to give them a good life or that, that things are better than what they actually are. So much so they're willing to silence you even questioning them. Exactly. That's because how much they believe in trusting the experts. And part of that, one of them is... Except for when it comes to train derailments. That's true. You can't trust... you you got to question that's, the experts on that, for sure. Um, so much so, you know... They, and, and, sorry, sorry to cut you off. And coming from a group, right, the left, mm-hmm. who used to question everything. They used to. Coming from liberals who used to... In Vietnam, question well, the motivations of the government for war to dude, question. When we were in the, high school, that's what we were doing. Like we we had we were listening to System of a Down and everything was about questioning the the terrible, tyrannical US government and you know sending them off to war. You think about some of the songs that they had. I mean, a lot of it was a lot of the music was about that, but that's not what we have anymore. We just don't because I don't know if uh, they got in power or they uh, they're so scared that they want to believe this. But the the big problem is people giving into the lies, even when they find out that they're lies. 
One, because they want to uh, feel like they were in the right. They don't want to feel bad. They don't want to feel like they did something wrong. Uh, two, because it, it makes them feel better thinking, you know, I was watching that Chernobyl HBO thing. I looked all over to see if it's true. It's hard to find factual stuff. There's a part in that uh, show. You know, the, the Soviets were lying about the radiation levels. Okay. There's a part in the show, and I haven't confirmed that it actually happened. I actually did some digging on this. Were today. they in the boardroom? The, so there's that, that part. But what I found was crazier. And if you can help me find it, Germany sent them this vehicle to drive around on the roof to push the graphite off of the roof because none of the stuff that they had uh, could withstand the, the radiation that was still just going to eat through all the machinery and everything. And so Germany sends them this tank, you know, this remote-controlled tank to do this. Once again, it's in the TV show. I have not found out whether or not it actually happened. Well, they think that the, the thing's indestructible. It can definitely handle the radiation that's going on there. They put it up there and the thing melts down like immediately. Why? Because the Soviet officials told Germany the fake radiation number that they had been telling everyone else. And so Germany was like, oh yeah, I can withstand that. Totally fine. And it's like that, it's like they're like, they thought that that machine was going to stand on the lies for, for the good of mother Russia or something, you know, to, to, to protect, I don't even know what they, whatever they want to call it. Uh, that it was just going to go up there and work because it was better for the for the working class <laughs> or something like that. That leads to what T-Dub, was, what T-Dub is saying in the live group, which you can join by going to joingmail.com, mm-hmm. by saying, can you imagine what could have been done to stop or actually attack this thing if we knew about the virus from the research instead of chasing the ghosts of a wet market? Yeah. And not only that, but what else could have been done if they would have just been honest from the get-go? It's a complete lack of accountability. And why do you think any any of the the group, let's say, or the people who want to trust the experts, why do you think they would take any accountability for what they did being in complicit in this action? Because they don't, none of their heroes take accountability. Right. And, and by the way, you see the same thing on the right with Trump, okay? That's one thing we've said on this podcast over and over and over again. All you Trumpets who think Trump hung the fucking moon – and is this perfect angel that God sent to grab women by the genitals <laughs> and relieve the country? He does it. The pe- people on the right do the same thing that I get also irritated about. And, and I would say maybe less egregious from Trump. I could give you that, perhaps, potentially. You know, at least he didn't start any new wars or anything like that. There are maybe some good things if you want to compare a rotten apple to a rotten orange. But it's like, you don't see your leaders take any accountability, so why would you take any accountability? Can't take a complete lack of accountability, a complete lack of, um, I don't know, honor. There's no. The like, problem is there's no reason to take accountability because the people who pay their salaries and who keep them in power don't care about the accountability. They care about whatever their team is. And making sure that the other guy doesn't get the gun that that we talk about the government being. That's what they care about. They don't care about accountability. You think anyone on the left wants to admit that Fauci actually lied about this and knew about this the entire time? They might know it like in their deep, dark, secret corners of their heart, but they're not going to come out and talk about that because that would make all these crazy Trumpers right 
about this and they care more about not giving that to them than they do about whatever the actual truth is. And when people, I remember Sam Harris just said a few weeks ago that there was a problem with people doing their own research instead of just basically trusting the experts on things. And he know he, he said COVID and he said Ukraine and that Instagram uh, post that we, we talked about on Don't Bleep of the Week. This is why you can't just blindly trust the experts. These are the experts. This is them. And so if you're like, well, why don't you just trust what they say? Because they've got a motive. You can use data to present anything you want. And to act like just because Fauci is in the position that he's in, I don't think he was running NIH. I think that was Francis Collins was running in NIH. Maybe he was. I'm not I'm sure. Isn't he the like the top boss, basically? Um, it had president? something to do with virology. Uh, well, he did end up getting that job like in the pandemic, but he wasn't running NIH, I don't think. Oh, okay. But he, but he got like chief uh, medical disinformation advisor to Trump, <laughs> um, whatever that official yeah. title was. Um, could be, yeah, could be wrong. Here's it, why we don't trust the experts: because they're fucking lying to you. That's why they can. It's not that they always are. They can. Would you say they're lying greater than 50%? Well, it, it depends on whether or not they agree with me politically. <laughs> well, they can and they do and they have lied. Yeah. And they have incentive to do that. They don't have incentive. But my thing, like, what happened to honor, integrity? <laughs> I'm serious. Are you going into a movie right now? No. Oh, like, I thought you were. I, I, I could. thought you were quoting Mel Gibson or something. Could, it could, but... <laughs> You know, I could say it with an Irish or uh, Scottish, Scottish accent if you want me to. An Irish? Nothing to honor. <laughs> <laughs> and, and decency, right? Dignity. Integrity. God, I work for all these companies. Integrity is one of their core values. Bullshit. It's, it's, you know, it's really disheartening. And then, you know, we're the group that gets made fun of. Yeah. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. I learned, me, that I wasn't you? very good at setting boundaries. Healthy boundaries can be tricky to learn, but through this experience, I was able to gain a healthier version of me. One thing I learned is self-awareness and learning how to understand situations from different points of view. Yeah. Something very important, by the way, for our show. It is. It's extremely important. Sometimes... We don't know what we want, like what I want, or why we react. Why did I get mad about that? Why did I care about that so much? Until we actually talk through things. And BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. And you've used it before, right? I do. I currently you use, use it right now. BetterHelp right now. When's and the I last have, time you talked to your BetterHelp therapist? I have one scheduled tomorrow. Okay. All right. How's it been so far? Amazing. Yeah. Yes. Easy? It's easy. It's convenient. It's the best way to do therapy. Now, you've been stuck with the same person the whole time? No, I've changed. That's pretty cool. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. You never had to meet with a person, like in person, right? All online. Okay. That's my kind of thing right there. Designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. It's just Did you do the brief question there? I did. You filled that out? You got matched with a therapist? I did. And then you switched to a different one later on? With no additional charge. How about that? So discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GML today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash GML. You know, just it's, 
Yeah. How about one more batch of lies before we end this? Um, this we'll get more on it tonight. Sit on a throne of lies. How about from Jan six? You remember that the day that I mean one of the worst days, if not the worst day. How could I forget in American day. history? This is the day democracy started dying. So none of the things I think. So Tucker Carlson, he was given the forty thousand hours of uh, footage from January sixth, and he's now doing his. J6 specials uh, showing these things. And of course, everyone on the left is saying, well, he's selectively cutting things to feed his agenda. And yeah, that's what the other people with the footage were doing also. We literally had a television produced uh, J6 committee, actually TV produced. I think it was like an NBC producer, like produced the thing <laughs> for people to make it compelling. I actually think that's true. That's a, I have to look it up. Um, where they presented specific videos. In fact, they even edited some of the audio in the videos to make it more compelling. You know, crowds yelling and stuff like that. Did it say based on a true story? <laughs> Inspired by real events. <laughs> is what it said. Dramatization has been added for effect. So there's a couple of things that I do think are important. And I think Tucker Carlson, who I'm not the just a giant fan of or anything like that, uh, he's got some important things to say sometimes. He he does sometimes. Um, I think he did this part correct, which is he's attacking a few of these specific narratives related to January 6th, at least in this first night about things. And so he attacked the, the Brian Sicknick, the officer who was beat to death with a fire extinguisher uh, on January 6th, which, by the way, was later retracted by, I believe it was the New York Times a month afterwards. But it doesn't matter. Like, once you say something to people, when it, when everyone's watching and reading, it doesn't matter if you print a retraction on the back page of the newspaper. That Sure, you, you fixed it, but it doesn't matter anymore. Um, it's like saying I'm sorry in your head. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it, it's so, it, if you look at, well, we'll play this one first about Sicknick. First, they told the country that Officer Sicknick was murdered with a fire extinguisher. Officer Brian Sicknick died after being hit in the head with a fire extinguisher during the fight. That story came from the New York Times, which is effectively the assignment editor for most of the rest of American media. It was a lie, untrue in any way. But only after that lie had hardened into conventional wisdom did the newspaper bother to retract it. The New York Times has quietly retracted its story about the death of Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick. The damage had been done. Brian Sicknick, himself a Trump voter, had been transformed without his consent into a political martyr of the left. His memory was shamelessly exploited by the incoming Biden administration. In February of 2021, Sicknick's body lay in state in the Capitol Rotunda, where a parade surveillance footage of Sicknick walking in the Capitol after he was supposedly murdered by the mob outside. By all appearances, Sicknick is healthy and vigorous. He's wearing a helmet, so it's hard to imagine he was killed by a head injury. Whatever happened to Brian Sicknick was very obviously not the result of violence he suffered at the entrance to the Capitol. This tape overturns the single most powerful and politically useful lie that Democrats have told us about January 6th. Okay. That's him helping people into the Capitol? No, this is actually afterwards when they're getting people out. This is kind of actual after stuff kind of died down. Oh. And the, so the point there was, 
uh, whatever the timestamp is on this, uh, later in the day, their sicknick is still walking around with a helmet on, waving, picking people. up stuff, uh, you know, acting totally normal. And then later on, the air bubble that one of the feds injected into him, to him when everything was going on eventually got him overnight. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I don't. Potential. Kind of went off the rails there. Potential you know. fed air bubble. <laughs> yeah. But something like that. He died of a stroke the next day. It's probably because he was worried about democracy <laughs> so much. I think is what happened. The anxiety led to a stroke. Mm -hmm. So we get that. So so we went after that part. Now, we've heard Sicknick mentioned. Now, I'll, I will say, it does. if you have a head injury, it doesn't mean you yeah. can't walk around normally and it affects you later. It could happen later. That's that's a potential. He could have irritated a, a aneurysm just enough that it eventually popped. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that, that could be the case. He definitely was not beat to death with a fire extinguisher. Yes. We, that we, we know, know that. But literally, people will still say that. They'll still do it. All these people are very concerned about misinformation and the truth. The other thing he went after, now, uh, this is about Ray Epps, who's not a Fed. Okay, he I think he bought one of the God Hates Fed shirts, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. um, I need to make a Ray Epps promo code, actually. That'd be a good one. By the way, right now, you can use the promo code WACO on GodHatesFeds.com to get 10% off your God Hates Feds merch. Okay, that promo ends April 19th for no apparent reason. Okay. I don't know. There's no way of knowing, but you can get 10% off by doing that. So the, uh, the Ray Epps part, what, they what he essentially uncovered was that Epps had said that he went home at a certain time in his testimony for the committee, and they found video showing, like, okay, you clearly... He hadn't gone You're home. You're still there. And actually at the time where like he texted his nephew or whoever it was saying, I orchestrated this thing. I was on the front lines. He basically said, yeah, I was uh, home after that. You know, he's going home just boasting. Like, no, he was actually still there at the place at that time. Now he's got federal protection, so it's not going to matter. <laughs> but agencies played in the events of that day. We know there was some number of undercover federal agents in the crowd at the Capitol. Officials have since admitted that under oath. But what exactly were they doing there? The January 6th committee worked hard to hide the answer to that question. We do know from contemporaneous videotape that a mysterious figure called Ray Epps encouraged the crowd to go into the Capitol. For some reason, Epps has never been indicted for that. But there's no question he did it. We need to go into the Capitol! Under public pressure, the January 6th committee finally interviewed Ray Epps. Epps told the committee that he never entered the Capitol and therefore never committed a crime. His text messages showed that at 2.12 p.m., he boasted to his nephew that he had, quote, orchestrated the protests at the Capitol. He admitted he helped get people there. Yet, curiously, congressional Democrats consider Ray Epps an ally, not an insurrectionist. Tonight, we can tell you that at the very least, Ray Epps lied in his sworn testimony to the January 6th committee. Epps testified that when he sent the text messages to his nephew, he had already left the Capitol grounds to return to his hotel room. That is not true. The surveillance footage we found shows that, in fact, Ray Epps remained at the Capitol for at least another half. Okay, oh, you get the point there. He's still there. Now, what's the point behind this? Well, he lied and under oath and given the fact that this guy is a dangerous violent insurrectionist who was boasting about helping orchestrate this thing and get people into the capital 
since that wasn't enough for them to put him in jail like they did everyone else that walked on the wrong square of concrete somewhere, um, surely the fact that he lied on the oath, well, that could be enough to get to get him back in there, maybe get him some jail time. More than likely, nothing will happen, I'll say, and we'll probably further prove the point. And they'll keep protecting him. Yeah. Yeah. Because he'll talk. Or he's going to not kill himself. Hmm. So, you know, I just watched Shooter not that long ago. So, um, you know, some of these theories, you know, just kind of pop up in my mind. Uh, it's not my fault. Okay. Um, the other thing had to do with the QAnon shaman. QAnon shaman. Um, that guy, you know, the dude who was grabbing the bull by the horns mm -hmm. and he was wearing the horns. Mm -hmm. um, he was a violent, crazy person, but also, as I'm sure everyone has seen across your Twitter feed, uh, he was literally just kind of escorted around by cops. Costume, who led the violent insurrection to overthrow in. American democracy. For these crimes, Chansley was sentenced to nearly four years in prison, far more time than many violent criminals now receive. What did Jacob Chansley do to receive this punishment? To this day, there is dispute over how Chansley got into the Capitol building. But according to our review of the internal surveillance video, it is very clear what happened once he got inside. Virtually every moment of his time inside the Capitol was caught on tape. The tapes show that Capitol Police never stopped Jacob Chansley. They helped him. They acted as his tour guides. Here's video of Chansley in the Senate chamber. Capitol Police officers take him to multiple entrances and even try to open locked doors for him. We counted at least nine officers who were within touching distance of unarmed Jacob Chansley. Not one of them even... Now, that shot right there, this screenshot is something. This is this violent insurrection those two overtook. That was hard to watch. It was so violent. Yeah, it's very... Very violent. To see him... You were discretion advised. To see him overpower those police like that? Uh, it's One, crazy. Two, three, four, five, six, <laughs> seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. There's twelve police officers there, or at least people that work there. They look like they work there. It seemed like it. Mm, just mowing them over. So violent. And so, you know, the guy goes in there, and he's uh, he goes into the chambers he's spaking he's got a bull horn also with his horns at the same time a lot mm. of a lot of horns going on a lot of bull probably has there. some bull nuts yeah a lot of stuff going on <laughs> that, with that amount of courage and it's not that like this is that big of a deal except for the fact that he's clearly been used as the face of the q QAnon. he's the one the, who shit on pelosi's desk <laughs> i don't think it was him but um he's been used as kind of the face of this and of course this was like the, one of the worst most violent days in history, in the United States history. Mm. And here he is, like, literally getting escorted around. Like, the police are trying to help him get in. Like a boss. Yeah. And if I were him, I would think it was uh, totally fine for me to be in there. I haven't seen any indication that he's not supposed to be in there yeah. at the moment. Have you... Uh, maybe Tucker selectively edited the times that they were getting in fistfights, and he said, you don't you don't escort me around politely once we get around this corner of that next camera. <laughs> I'm going to stick these horns up your ass, man. <laughs> and that's probably what actually happened. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so what do you think the uh, left reaction to this is? 
this once again, I'm not trying to support January 6th. I will say that, hey, all new people that are out there, we were live on January 6th talking about how stupid it was. Okay? Don't agree. It was a dumb idea. <clears throat> it was a protest that turned into a riot. I don't think it was a planned insurrection. Just like we like were that. against the other mostly peaceful protests that happened yeah. during the BLM riots. We don't we don't like that kind of stuff. Why is it, this has been used over and how many times have we read any article, any time that you mention, Charlie, that you should have some more freedom or liberty? These days, you know, before this, you just use 9-11 or something like that. But now, well, what about Jan 6? Well, because you know? now we have to we have to push the narrative of domestic terrorism mm -hmm. because it's the number one threat. And this just falls right in line with that narrative. It's perfect. Okay. Now, Chuck Schumer, well, I'll play the, uh, uh, Ken Burns had a response to this. I don't know much about Ken Burns, except for that he makes uh, documentaries <laughs> and stuff. Hey, shh, shh, it's not your turn yet, man. Okay. Um, he makes documentaries and stuff. And, a little bit of gaslight. Here's a little bit of light gaslighting for you on Tuesday. That DeSantis and others are doing limit our ability to understand who we are and are not inclusive. They're exclusive. They're they're narrowing the focus of what is and isn't American history. It's terrifying. It feels like a Soviet system or, you know, the way the Nazis would build a Potemkin village. Tucker Carlson's doing the same thing with the footage from uh, 1-6. It's just uh, a, a kind of rewriting of history at the most dangerous level. It's it's a huge threat to our republic. Okay, so clearly what Carlson's doing is a huge threat. Um, rewriting of history. Just like the Nazis. Now, just like that, and he talks about a Potemkin village. Now, that is um, well, my assumption here, I didn't read too much of it. That's this fake village that you build in your terrible dictatorship hellhole to show people how great things are, uh, where, where you are. So, so that kind of thing. Um, that's not something that was exclusively a Nazi thing, by the way. In fact, uh, pretty much ever author any authoritarian uh, regime does things like this. But in this case, it's politically profitable to talk about Nazis doing that kind of thing. And Tucker Carlson, same <laughs> sentence. Same, same. Yeah. Link those two things. By the way, same, same from the movie The Interview where he has that fake grocery store uh, for people to drive oh, yeah. by and the, and the fat kid out there waving, you know, it's probably, it's based on real events, <laughs> I would say. Um, here's what rewriting history is. You see, the Democrats already got to write history about January 6th by controlling all of the footage and having their own committee hearings. And now what is happening by showing some of the other footage, well, this is bad and like Nazis because this is rewriting history that was written by the left. Doesn't matter whether or not it was written incorrectly. <laughs> so, yeah. sure, maybe it's rewriting history when you actually... You know, anytime you uncover some more truth about a historical event, that's like what Nazis did. Because <laughs> you're rewriting everyone's understanding of the history at that point in time. Yeah. That, that's exactly the thing. Now, Chuck I'm going to use that in an argument with my wife next time when we're disagreeing <laughs> on something. She'd be like, well, you said this. And I'm like, well, now you're just rewriting history. Yeah. Just like the Nazis. Just like the Nazis. <laughs> Can't listen to a word coming out of your... You know, Hitler did this kind of stuff. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Everyone try that at home. Yeah. Okay. If you're listening right now, hanging out, next time you get in an argument with your wife or your husband or whatever, 
they thems that you're hanging out with, you're in the argument, say, you know, Hitler did this kind of thing. Yeah. You're rewriting history. Speaking of things that Hitler did, this is Chuck Schumer. Um, Chucky erection? He's uh, upset about the erection. He always has been. Okay. I'm not going to play the whole video. I, I put out a, I tweeted earlier, like, who's the biggest, who's the best gaslighter in Congress overall? Right now, my vote goes to Chuck Schumer. It could be other people. AOC is going to be sure. up there. She's good, but she's too emotional to be an effective gaslighter. <laughs> Last night, millions of Americans tuned in to one of the most shameful hours we have ever seen on cable television. With contempt for the facts, disregard of the risks, and knowing full well he was lying, lying to his audience, Fox News host Tucker Carlson ran a lengthy segment last night arguing the January 6th Capitol attack was not a violent insurrection. <laughs> By diving deep into the waters of conspiracy and cherry picking from thousands of hours of security footage, Mr. Carlson told the bold-faced lie that the Capitol attack, which we all saw with our own eyes, was somehow not an attack at all. He tried to argue it was nothing more than a peaceful sightseeing tour. Can you imagine? A nonviolent demonstration, a perfectly fine and appropriate instance of people expressing their opinion. I, so many others who were here in the Capitol, and millions and millions of Americans are just furious with Tucker Carlson and Kevin McCarthy today. Many of my staff were here at the Capitol on January. Was he there? I guess so, yeah. So many of my staff. Mm. I mean, he's furious, obviously. He said Tucker Carlson's lying, and he's cherry-picking footage. Now, did they cherry-pick any footage, or, like, they just showed what the truth? I think he's mad that Tucker Carlson is using the same tactics mm. they used. Yeah. To show their narrative. I don't like that Carlson was given all the footage. I think it just needs to be uploaded online. All of it. Just upload every camera. Now they probably say, well, the, that's too much um, information. Like you got the entire layout of the entire building at that, at that time, you know. So uh, January 6th, a couple of years from now, they'll do a better job. That kind of thing. Um, so I guess you, you can make that argument. Whatever. It's a public building. And um, it's ours, so <laughs> we should see the layout of it, you know. We paid for it. Really good gaslighting there. And I wanted to just point out that, once again, no, no big fan of Tucker Carlson, but he did point out that it was a violent day. He showed the same eight clips that we've seen on repeat over and over again for the last couple of years. Okay, so... He did not just come out there and say that this was not a violent thing. This was just a peaceful sightseeing tour. Uh, he yeah, Watch. showed. These are the pictures you've seen of January 6th. They're familiar because they've been playing on a loop on every media outlet in America for the last two years. There's a reason for that. But it turns out there's quite a bit of video you haven't seen. 
And that video tells a very different story about what happened on January 6th. More than 40,000 hours of surveillance footage from in and around the Capitol have been withheld from the public. And once you see the video, you'll understand why. Taken as a whole, the video record does not support the claim that January 6th was an insurrection. In fact, it demolishes that claim. And that's exactly why the Democratic Party and its allies in the media prevented you from seeing it. By controlling the images you were allowed to view from January 6th, they controlled how the public understood that day. They could lie about what happened, and you would never know the difference. Those lies had a purpose. They created a pretext for a federal crackdown on opponents of the Uniparty in Washington. Our office wanted to ensure that there was shock and awe that we could charge as many people as possible. The first thing you notice from viewing the full video record of January 6th is just how many people entered the Capitol building that day. All right, so we're not going to watch this whole thing. Now, it's not quite the shock and awe, this is the worst day ever in American history kind of thing that you're used to hearing about January 6th, of course, but he is showing all the same videos of people. There was, I, they've got a plaque out there for it. There was a window that was broken mm -hmm. outside. We can confirm that there was a window that I was broken. Saw it on video. Mm -hmm. We know that. Some of the rope, and some people were jumping through it. Yeah. Some of the rope poles, things, they got knocked down. And the podium was stolen. And uh, there was an unarmed protester that was shot and killed that day. And uh, I don't know if there were actually any other people. Who else died that day? Literally died from violence on January 6th. Who is it? And, like, died on that moment. Yeah. Because Tucker moment. Carlson hasn't told me yet, so I don't know any other names <laughs> at all. Uh, but Chuck Schumer, he's just a giant liar. He's fake as hell. He might be the most fake and uh, pretty good gaslighter overall. The problem, so with a gaslighter, you got to be able to believe them too. And he might be so fake that he's not as effective at gaslighting. I don't know. You need to be believable also, like come across as a potentially sincere individual. I mean, he's believable to a lot of people. It's, so. There's a lot of the people who want to believe him. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think, I think we, I think we have to call it after this discussion here i did have eight other things to talk about i'm frustrated today i'm, I'm sure you are mm -hmm. i'm turned you turned right mm -hmm. now i am i do think they need to release all the footage though i put that on the line release the tapes to everyone so we can't just say because now what it just gives fuel to the left to say well tucker carlson is just selectively editing things you know and then the, no, so what if you put all of it out there so everyone could look, you know, or at least just have Matt Taibbi do it, <laughs> you know? God, 40,000 hours. I mean, how long does that take? How many hours are in a year? I'm not sure. I mean, you've got to line up. I mean, just think about how many, so how many cameras are there to get that day's worth of footage? Oh, how many cameras there would be there? That's a lot to add up to 40,000 hours. Mm. That's quite a few. You'd have to... I'm not going to lie, it would, it would take me a little bit of time to run through that. And I'm not sure that my computer can handle all of it. Let's get a new one. Yeah, then Tom said a lot of footage is cameras that show nothing. So maybe, like, cut all that out. Yeah. Like, okay, the cameras that show nothing, cut all that out. But the cameras that show people, keep those in there. And if that's 10,000 hours, whatever. Release it. Yeah. But yeah, oh, this, anyway. whole, this whole thing is infuriating. And the fact that... You know, Jan 6 was another thing that you can't really talk about. COVID, you can't talk about. Masks, you can't talk about. 
School you can't talk about. You got lab leak. Can't theory. say gay in Florida. <laughs> lab leak you can't talk about. So many of these things that not only could you not talk about, you they closed question. all the drag bars in Tennessee too. I yeah. you heard about I heard about that last night, yeah. first time. Yeah, which is not true. No, by it's the not way. true. No. Just so everyone no. knows. It, go read the Tennessee bill for all you people it's out there. Two pages. It's go read it. It's literally <laughs> two pages, and all it did was add a definition, essentially, of adult cabaret. Mm-hmm. You know, it even talked about go-go dancers and strippers. Yeah, there were already rules and, about yeah. stuff like that. Um, edited them a little bit. I, uh, I already talked to everyone beforehand about this. I'm not going to put it on the recording. Okay. My night was interesting last night. Just put it that way. All right. I heard a little bit about it. Yeah. 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 All right, y'all. Well, if you enjoyed today's episode and you're just as pissed as we are, we'll <laughs> go to GodHatesFeds.com. That's GodHatesFeds.com. Promo code Waco right now. Get you 10% code, off. Yeah. And look into that, if you will. It's only available till April 19th. Um, which is a just a random date, probably. Random date. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So promo code Waco, get 10% off, go to godhatesfeds.com because the feds are lying. That's what they're doing. And uh That's what feds do. And you should be pissed about it. You should be pissed. We need better feds. You know, <laughs> we need to get the right feds in control. <laughs> we actually don't need any feds. Yeah, we, we basically. So go to godhatesfeds.com, go to joingml.com to be part of the live group and hang out with us, hear personal stories. Hear Nate talk to the group before we actually do the show, and uh, because I won't be here most of the time. And, How it goes. And, uh, You've been also, pretty good lately, though. If you want to learn about the market, you can go to uh, natescrashcourse.com. He has thousands of hours of footage on that website. And you're, all, you're allowed to go through all of it. And you can go through okay. all of them. He's got, yeah. him, he, there's nothing he cut out. It's all there. All of it. All of it's there. No deceits. Yeah. Just receipts. <laughs> Nadescrashcourse.com. Share the show with a friend, a family member, and a foe. And if you do all those things, leave us a rating and review. We'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning. Liberty. I had a nurse named Pearl Nelson, military. She'd come in and do things that I don't think you learn in medical school, nursing school. She'd whisper in my ear. I didn't, couldn't understand her. She'd whisper. She'd lean down. She'd actually breathe on me to make sure that I was, that there was a connection, a human connection. She even went home and brought back her pillow from her own bed because she didn't knew the one I had. The one comfortable. But I'm not joking. <laughs>